Hi, it's Guy here. Welcome to another episode of Creative Forces. In this episode, I speak to the artist Matt Sewell. Now, Matt's someone whose work I've admired for a long time. Uh, his, some of his artwork is up in our house. Uh, and that's because he does these amazing illustrations, primarily. That's his main work, but he's involved in other stuff too. Primarily these illustrations of birds, which are just stunningly beautiful. Uh, we've also got one of his books about dinosaurs. The kids absolutely love it. He's got a beautiful, amazing eye for uh, these sort of animal illustrations, essentially. And it, his work is well known and is bought and enjoyed all around the world, whether it's his prints, uh, his uh, books, but also he's involved in a lot of outdoor murals. Uh, there's one, as it turns out, I found out, as you'll hear in the interview, just near my house, which I hadn't realised was his until I was just looking around, uh, looking, doing some research before the interview. So, uh, you know, Matt's got a great story about how he, you know, started out uh, illustrating, you know, as a kid, not necessarily knowing it would be a career to then going on now to having a very successful career as a as an artist and, as I say, selling his work all around the world. Uh, so it's a fascinating you know, discussion. I love talking to him about it. He's someone whose work I really admire, uh, and I really enjoyed hearing how uh, he's got to where he's got to, uh, and about hearing about his music as well, which is a really important part of his life too. So this is me talking to Matt Sewell. Enjoy. So Matt, thank you for for talking to me on the podcast. It's a great pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. Um, I've known about your. Um, artwork for a long time because uh, we've got like a picture of one of your bird pictures up in the kids room one of my kids they've got the di- big dinosaur book that you've got as well but I only just realized when I was looking at your um, Instagram feed when I was uh, preparing for this that you also did a, a mural that I walk and drive past all the time so the one on Copson Street in Withington because I live in just down the road from Copson Street in Withington and you did a peace Oh mural. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. yeah. How did how did you get involved with that? Because there's loads of murals around Withington. How did you get involved with with doing that particular one? Yeah, well, Ed who runs runs that he, um, the Withington Walls project. He got in touch ages ago to to say about it. Do you fancy coming up to do something? And there was just nothing was really. Yeah, we were just waiting for like the the right kind of thing uh, to come about. And I painted. Um, so yeah, it's so it's the. Ukraine flag with peace and written in the middle with two doves either side. Obviously, it's got to have a bird in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I painted one of them. I painted one of them in Shrewsbury um, not just just after it had all kicked off in Ukraine. And quite often, I don't really, you know, never know what to do about these situations. And um, my little girl was in hospital at the time. She ended up. She had a really bad ear infection. It turned out, but it was really. I I didn't really know what I could do with myself. And I couldn't get any work done. And the bit, like, so basically, I went and did this big piece mural. And it's so simple, it's just coloring in. It's three colors. So I drew it out and I just spent basically three or four days just coloring in by the side of the uh, river with kingfishers peeping as they went past and stuff like that, you know, and people going, oh, nice one, mate. And um, yeah, so, so that was, it was, it was basically, it was, uh, just uh, kind of medication for me, just to ease my mind at the time. But and then they got it, yeah, it went down really well. And Ed saw that, and he got me up to do to do one up there. It was linked with quite a few charities, and um, yeah, we did a print release of it as well to raise a bit of money. And um, yeah, so it's great. It's still 
it's still there and it hasn't been uh, hasn't been tagged over anything because there was uh, there was talk of it at the time. Was there? I'd gone over I'd gone over something and oh yeah you know it's what it's like when you're doing murals in like urban environments. That's why I, I tend to just stick to the countryside these days. <laughs> <laughs> but the mural looks amazing, and I noticed that you've done you've done a lot of murals, haven't you, over the last couple of years? Yeah, well, I used to, it's kind of one of the things what I started out doing. It was, I was doing murals and graffiti and street art long before I was painting watercolour birds. And um, it's, I kind of, it was like during the lockdown, really, I was, I kind of felt like I was coming to the end of um, uh, publishing in that sense of what I was doing at the time, which was the bird books and stuff. And I wanted to get out and paint big again and do a lot. And, and I, I would kind of every now and again go and paint walls with my mates, like, you know, and a Sunday kind of graffiti kind of, you know, just as like more of a hobby. But I wanted to kind of do it as uh, work again, really. So I started doing some free things around Shrewsbury and then, and then get a few more commissions that way. And it's all, yeah. And then just got the ball rolling again and I've been doing them all over the place, really. So. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good to get out. Yeah, you mentioned Shrewsbury because you're based there now, aren't you? But you're not from there originally, are you? Where, whereabouts are you from originally? Yeah, I'm from County Durham originally. A little, um, little ex mining town called Willington, near um, near Bishop Auckland. Do that gives it any more context to people <laughs> who know the northeast at all? And when did the when did the art start? I mean, you, you mentioned that you started off with street art and you know more graffiti style. So was that at school you started, you know, working with street art and, and painting, whatever? Yeah, well, not really that. It was, um, I mean, I did, I was always a drawer. I was a drawing kid. I was one of those lads who used to draw all of the time <clears throat> and um, pretty rubbish at everything else, including a lot of things at school. So I was put more effort into art than, than anything. And then it, it really became a bit of um, a bit of a solace in those um teenage years when it all gets a bit um when lads just basically all get a bit feral and turn on each other <laughs> and um and you have to keep your head down a bit that was when I uh kind of discovered that it was a real you know it was a really positive thing and got into the creative creative world as well that way in the sense of just soaking up magazines and comics and animation and films and stuff rather than just whatever passes by you know act- actively seeking stuff out but yeah it was um so yeah I had a really good art teacher Mr Culkin who pushed me to do loads of different things and and yeah and I got my mum got me a, a book from the library graffiti book <laughs> and um that really I'd seen it on um on like films and music videos and stuff but it was that book that really spurned me on to be like wow look at this you know and I um just yeah really yeah it's called Spray Can Art and yeah just blew my mind a bit and then you know I started doing a little bit of tagging and stuff on my paper round and um but I kind of and then as the years went on kind of developed it a bit more but then I got more into going out and partying and stuff like that but didn't really <laughs> you know it kind of didn't really go I know a lot of people who did the same they carried on going but I stopped and then started off again properly um in the late 90s and then properly when I moved to Brighton in 2000 and it was 
you know, I was at a mecca at the time for loads of graffiti, and mm. and then and then kind of street art developed after that in a sense because I was pretty, I was, I wasn't very good at graffiti. It was I enjoyed it, you know, but I was better with my characters and stuff, and mm. um, and then I just kind of started to ignore the letters that I did and just worked on the characters, and then at the same time, there was all the kind of street art thing was starting to kick off, and I was perfectly primed to be doing to be involved in that because that's what I'd basically been doing previously to that and then yeah that's when my work probably got noticed mm. you know so that way and um yeah it's a pretty exciting time really so before you got the book from your mum with the graffiti book what what sort of stuff were you doing before that oh um uh I would I think a lot of what be like drawing trainers and you yeah. know, like making up crazy Adidas and night trainers and um, and battle scenes and all kinds of stuff and also drawing <laughs> birds a lot. You know, so I did. I found old sketch pads with drawings of birds that I've done, and I, I think, I, you know, you're pretty good. I used to copy them out of books and stuff, and um, yeah, and just I would draw it, draw anything, copy um, posters and flyers and stuff like that. I'd find in like the magazines when I used to go into Newcastle and stuff, you know, so anything that just looked cool, you know, just like there was a lot of that, um, like the comic art around at the time, like Tank Girl, I think, was it Tank, not Tank Girl? Oh, I can't remember. Mm. I don't know, you see, I just pick up bits and pieces from all over the place, you know, and um, and also like the Channel 4, I used to have lots of animation on that and it, my mum used to record just bits and pieces and it, it was really, really inspiring, mm. all of that kind of stuff. And that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an animator mm. and um, and uh, kind of was like working towards that. But um, when I finally started to do some, when I was at um, college, I realized that it's, it's really boring. <laughs> you know, it's not, I don't, I don't have the makeup, you know, quite like quite instant you know i don't yeah. like working on things for, for too long you know so <laughs> never mind weeks and weeks over one scene you know yeah. not for me what were the shows that yeah. really inspired you at that time the animation shows well there used to be i can't remember it was just something like it was called some just like shorts and it was very various different um weird little animations basically hmm. and i don't know sometimes you see them pop up in things there was um uh Oh, oh, yeah, I can't think of the name of the actor it's based on. But they're just weird model animation and mm. scratchy hand-drawn late 80s kind of things. You know, I don't know, it was all quite... We would have spent thousands and thousands of pounds on it. People are doing that kind of stuff now dead easy in the, mm. just in the back room, you know what I mean? But then it was big studio stuff making these weird little things. So it sounds like your mum, you know, really spotted that you were you know, had a passion for this and, and sort of encouraged you to, to go for it. Yeah. 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 She's, I mean, she, she's very creative herself. She still paints and, and stuff. She never did anything, you know, like is a career or anything like that, but she's always done stuff. And that, I think me saying that, I think pushed me. Oh, just a, not even a push, just enabled me to just be like, yeah, this is second nature just to be do trying this, painting that having a go with different things and yeah and she yeah and that whole like recording recording these little animations is brilliant and she even was like what there was so uh, my neighbor totoro i don't know if you've seen that film it's a japanese is um no. 
animation film from the eighties. There was a little, there was a little, oh, it's incredible. I absolutely love it. My kids, well, it's on Netflix now and um, my kids love it. And it's just a section of that co- called the cat bus scene. And that was all it was, was just that scene recorded. And then it would be paused and then there would be something else. It's almost like a mixtape of mad <clears throat> animation. But this cat bus thing was like, I had no idea what it was, but it was mental and brilliant and beautiful and so magical. And then it was gone. And then I hadn't a clue about it until I was probably in my 20s and I managed to realize what it was and found it on DVD. And I, I absolutely love that. What was it called again? Um, my Neighbor Totoro. Okay. And it's um, Miyazaki. Studio Studio uh, Ghibli is the production house. They've made lots of the, the, like the Japanese Disney, basically. But um, yeah, and they're really well known. But at the time, I didn't didn't have a clue but that i think those kind of things really that feeling is almost like one of my biggest um inspirations because you just when you find something new and when it's kind of unknown and i love that like spark you get and quite often that's what i've tried to get across in some of my work you know just that yeah the tiny spark you know which is hard to hard to explain but you you feel it don't you it's that feeling you know so yeah and so yeah. did you go to college then, did you say, to do animation? Well, yeah, I did. Uh, left left school in Wellington and then I had to get two buses to get to a place called Concert, oh, yeah. which uh, anyone in the northeast would probably know. Proper hard <laughs> town. <laughs> a lot of skinheads with um, boots tattooed on the side of their heads when I realised when I got off the bus the first day, it was very wet behind the ear. <laughs> you know, ears, sorry. And, um, yeah, it was pretty... It's pretty... Uh, pretty... Uh, mad place (laughs) even though it's only half an hour in the car it's quite it's closer to Newcastle and I think I don't know how it all works I'm not really sure about geography and history of people (laughs) but it was really thick Geordie accents there and yeah I was the I was seen as this soft southerner from you know down south basically and uh but yeah it was great I had uh I did my b-tech there and I just did loads of different um tried everything you know um and it was got all yeah, and I was really working towards graphics until we went on a, a college trip to London and I managed to break my nose by jump, jumping onto a bed, <laughs> missing the bed. And, and uh, yeah, broke my nose. And then, because the graphic design teacher was kind of in charge of that um, trip, he never spoke to me again. So that ended my graphics career, basically. What? And, uh, on, <laughs> so why? Why was so, he so upset that you broke your nose? Oh, he thought I'd been fighting. So uh, okay. there's... I think I think if you if you if you kind of in charge of a, a a trip from a college or a school in concert and you go away somewhere and there's someone with a broken nose you just think it's fighting really you know <laughs> okay. but um but no I was I yeah I was just being daft turned the light off and jumped on a bed and smashed my nose in basically okay. but um yeah so that ended that and then but yeah but that's when I really started to see the you know the animation side and the uh the, the characters and stuff like that. and then and then i went to um do a degree in uh ipswich and that was like a modular course so you could do all different kinds of stuff really which was great again just trying loads of different things and the animation started i think in the second year, in the second year mm. so i did the first year was basically 100% raven and um <laughs> doing bits of graffiti and stuff and um not really doing any work 
and then um yeah and then started the animation in <laughs> within weeks was like oh i can't do this <laughs> but i um I loved I loved doing the storyboards, so doing the illustrations for the storyboards and designing the characters, and that I think that's where I feel like what I do now actually started in its in its way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, and I did illustration. And I didn't I didn't even know what illustration was even when I finished the course, because our the our illustration course at the time. Was felt more like fine art. It was very like it could be anything, mm. you know. It wasn't. The, there's some text. His do a picture to illustrate that text for a magazine or anything like that. So I don't. I don't feel like we were kind of set up in the right way to go about, you know, to earn some money. So I didn't really. To be honest, when I left, I didn't even do any artwork or anything for ages because um, I just wanted to earn some money, and it didn't seem. It didn't even really seem viable that anybody was gonna get a job doing what we were doing, you know, which was all over the place, you know. And um, yeah, and it wasn't until I got a, a computer and started scanning in some of my drawings that I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Because I didn't, we didn't even do um, <clears throat> computers, computer design in the uh, in the uh, in the university or college, or whatever it was. There was a department, but. But it was, wasn't really used, <laughs> you know. It was, it was, it weren't. It was, we'd go in there and have a muck about, but that would be it. Mm. It wasn't. We didn't know how to use anything, and then it probably changed like one or two. We finished in '97, so it probably changed like the year after that or something. Mm. It all got very computer based. Yeah, I suppose yeah. that was the time when it was really starting, wasn't it? But so, what did you do for work then after you finished um, college? I just everything. I did. I've worked, done everything. Postman, loads of factories, and oh, I've had so many weird and wonderful jobs. But I think my longest running one was working in HMV in Brighton, and um, it was we were down in the basement, just in the stock room, and it was great. We just kind of we were quite outlaws, really, just doing what we wanted for, <laughs> for quite a while. Yeah, and then um, yeah. And then I kind of did that part time for a while when I started getting in bits and bobs of illustration work. And um, at the same time as that, that is when I'd started doing the like the graffiti and street art type stuff. And as well as that, was I was making paintings as well. So painting bits of wood and canvases and things. So it all kind of all pretty much was starting at the same time, really. So even though I've been doing doing stuff. For a few years, it was all kind of it's coming together then, really, mm. in the um, yeah, 2001, two, something like that. And um, yeah, until it got to the point where I just took the, took the leap and packed my job in and went into being a very skint artist. Well, I was going to say, what, <laughs> yeah. what was the tipping point then that took you from, you know, doing jobs and doing the art on the side? To actually thinking, right, okay, mm. I could actually make a living, you know, doing this. Was there a, a specific yeah. job or specific moment where you thought, okay, right, this is it. I, c- I can actually do this. I can see a future in it. Yeah. Um, I think I've always had the belief that I was going to do, be doing something creative. i always known, felt like i always known that. And then I feel like I kind of got a bit depressed, really, and was like, this isn't my life when 
in the situation I was in at the time and uh, just this just kind of got myself into a bit of a dark hole and you gotta I had to take that leap and kind of live it a bit more you know like live being an artist and being yeah, you know, I lived really hand to mouth and all of that around the time, but and it was really scary because you know I've got like parents going, oh, you know, you should be getting a mortgage and blah blah blah. And you're like, I don't know, I no chance, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, I did, and yeah, so there wasn't a particular job or anything like that. It was more of a kind of a drive to n- kind of not be that person. I felt like I was just getting into like the grind of work and I don't know just I don't know I was just bored with my life as well you know so I wanted to take that wanted to take that leap Mm. and um yeah paid off Mm. basically yeah ups ups and downs all of the way still you know but it really paid off to have that you know I think you could quite easily carry on working part-time and doing bits on the side but until you've got to earn money from what you do it and survive from it then that's when you really take it seriously yeah um yeah but also in a sense it can kind of kill it as well because then you've got to be making money 100% from what you love so you've got to end up getting more commercial than doing more commercial jobs i guess yeah mm. so but it's life yeah yeah it really focuses the mind doesn't it when you, <laughs> when you've got to it when you tell yourself or you you know, you decide that this is going to be your living. It definitely uh, makes yeah. you makes you zero in on it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And so, in terms of the birds, you know, like where does where does the? I mean, you're well most well known for the birds and, and animal illustrations. Yeah. Essentially, where does all that come from? I mean, was that always something that you did, or has that developed over the years? Yeah, I. It's all nature has been as big a part of my life as art and um, music. I guess, you know, they just, I lo- I've always, from where I grew up, you, you're surrounded by woodland and fields, so you would see lots of birds, you know, and I always took um, a fascination in what was what. My dad would um, always point out what was what, and, you know, and I love the fact of, oh, that's that, and then I could go and have a look in a bird book mm. and see the illustration of that bird, and it's like, oh, there's this little character, you know. And um, and at the same time, my mum would have little bits of art around. around. And if the, she had this little um, earthen, like, earthenware sparrow, and it's like a little cartoon character, but this nice little ceramic thing. And that, for me, that was another thing of like, look at that. That's incredible. That's like a cartoon character. But it's a bird, and it looks exactly like a house sparrow, you know. And, and it's that kind of – and I would look through the books and – see the little illustrations and I think through that that all made me want to see more birds so I could tick them off in my bird book as Mm. well you know and um even though I used to lie and said I'd seen a golden eagle down the wood and stuff like that (laughs) but um um, yeah and then so that that kind of love of nature followed followed me through throughout my life really and I would always be spotting birds and like going on walks with mates and be like oh there's a you know, there's a, a red star or whatever, and they're like, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> but, um, oh, I just like taking, taking the piss and, you know, but it's, and then when I would be illustrating, 
because uh, I did quite a lot of stuff for magazines and things, and I would quite often, if I was getting some a bird in, I would make it look like an actual bird rather than there's the shape of a bird, mm. you know. And where so it would have to be the right colours for a chaffinch or a blue tit or something like that. And yeah, and then kind of when would it have been about 2007 got really got really bored of what i'd been doing been doing loads of commercial stuff and um my wife which was girlfriend then jess she's a nurse and she was like at the time she was like i can she could work in australia i can work literally wherever let's um let's go and have an adventure basically so we went off via um southeast asia to australia for Mm -hmm. a year and I kind of just realized when I was there, I was just spotting so many birds and it was just buzzing off seeing all of the birds there. The wildlife there was just incredible anyway, but the birds in particular, and you can, certain places you get quite close to them. And yeah, it really sparked such a massive warm buzz inside me. And it was just like, well, maybe that's what I need to do when I get back. I need to just focus on birds mm. and um, like British birds in particular. And and yeah, and that's basically what I did, you know, and I tried, tried doing lots of different things. I was making wooden birds and I was doing like quite very graphic, um, almost Scandi looking designs for them, trying to make them as simple as possible. But, um, yeah, I then tried doing, well, it was, um, yeah, through a website called caught by the river. Mm. I don't know if you know that it's, um, it's a nature it's kind of a nature writing one but at the uh, at the time it was a blog it was a bit about everything music literature fishing nature and guys who run heavenly records oh yeah and um and they set that up as a bit of a respite from the music business basically <laughs> and um they got me involved to do a logo for them and um and i it's the kind of thing when i think when you're self-employed or well we just I guess just with careers, if you get an opportunity, you want to kind of make the most of it, don't you? And mm. I really liked what they were doing. And I said, can I contribute and Jeff um, to, to their website? And Jeff Barrett was like, well, what are you into? And I was like, I'm into birds. He's like, right, brilliant. Just paint as your favorite bird of the week. And we call it Matt's, Matt's bird of the week. And there you go. He's like, great. Brilliant. Fantastic. And then I had some watercolors that um, my sister had given me. They were literally on the table. And it was just like, right, actually, I'll just paint. I paint a blue tit because yeah. that's my, um, you know, well, at the time, favorite bird, but it's always been the one I'd go to because of the colors. Yeah. And I love the simple the design. And they're so common. We see them around. They're kind of part of our lives at times. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just wanted to get that across. So I painted this cute little blue tit. And it was like, oh, I'm not getting, it doesn't show what, how much I love a blue tit. So I wrote a couple of sentences about it to be attached to the painting, you know. And then did a few more of that in the, in the few more and the writing got longer and it was like, Oh, hold on. And then Jeff himself was like, you could, you should get a book out of this. Yeah. And then there you go. And then it was so, and yeah. And then Jeff helped me get an agent. Yeah. They had to got an agent. And so it was kind of linked with caught by the river at first, the first one called our garden birds. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just, uh, came out. It sold really well. It's still the best selling one really. But really um, captured people's um, love and in- inquisitive about nature as well. And then what I'd 
what I wrote really touched people in a sense because I, for, for me, I thought it was more of an art project. I really didn't think they were going to sell that well. Mm. You know, I just thought, okay, let's, yeah, let's give it a go. But the publishers, so it was Ebury Press and Carrie, who is, who kind of, she's, uh, you know, one of the heads there. She saw it, she loved it, and she could, she visioned what it was right from the start. And she kind of saw it more in the gift area, you know, the gift range kind of thing. So, and it's a bit like, okay, whatever, yeah. And it, and in that way, people were buying loads and just giving them as presents at Christmas. And it just, yeah, it just went nuts, really. Mm. Um, but at the same time, for me, I was still in the same, I had a small family and wasn't really making much money. And I was still trying all these different things, spinning plates, trying to, um, with the bird thing, you know, trying to see what else I was doing. And so I was doing big murals and all kinds of stuff. And it was so it took quite a while for that. So what people see of me now, which is these watercolor birds, it still took even a year or so after that book had been out. I was still like, "Where's this going?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then and then and then they asked me to do a second book, and then it was from then I really kind of nailed the style of how I how I paint birds, and um, yeah, and then it kind of really really snowballed from there. Yeah. And, it got we we licensed yeah did like like a whole big licensing thing with it and it was oh no and just on loads of giftware and calendars and cards and all kinds of stuff jigsaws and yeah. you know went yeah went pretty went pretty well for I mean still you know these things are still selling well wooden postcards that's the one that's still going <laughs> <laughs> it's like just just go anywhere and they just all oh, right there you go I was at Glastonbury and. Um, when we, we were just looking at the cards, my mate tapped me on the shoulder and pointed, and there's a whole set of these my birds on wooden postcards. And then, yeah, just the other day at Yorkshire Sculpture Park, my little one, of my little ones was like, "Daddy, look, there's your work." And I was like, "Oh, brilliant!" There you go. So, and it's just, but people don't even know they're from books. People no. just think I've done a load of wooden postcards. Yeah, but it's and then they might find my books after that and be like, "Oh, this is brilliant." Or the calendars, maybe people have been getting the calendars for for years and, have, and there's bits of text on the calendar as well and they're like you know you should put this text in a book it would be really good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it kind of surreal when yeah. you sit when you just see your own work popping up everywhere wherever you you know when you go places and you're just like oh yeah there's some of my stuff again yeah yeah no totally um I'd, i've definitely got used to it and but i think it's always that thing that i love hearing from my mates when they've gone to somewhere and they've just been in a shop in like in the Outer Hebrides or something, and there'd be something of mine there. And they'd be like, that's my friend Matt. My friend Matt did that. And, uh, you know, it's lovely. And, it's, and it is, it's a buzz. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to, I'll never take it for granted. You know, it's, yeah, it, it is a buzz. And I love just stumbling upon something, mm. you know, just randomly. And and seeing them in charity shops and stuff like that. And when people have got in touch and said, oh, Ruth, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, but I've got your book in a charity shop. But I love it. And I'm going to, have got these other stuff. And I, I really, I love the fact it's in a charity book, mm. you know, charity shop, because it's in the wild then. Yeah. I've got hundreds of books and records and stuff from charity shops that are up there with my favourites, you know, so I love it. Yeah. Do you think it all comes from your dad then, that, that love of birds? You know, was he a proper bird, uh, you know, bird watcher? Or was uh, it? No, not at all. It's, I just think, I think it comes from my granddad yeah. as well. He, he was a similar, I think, 
blocks in that time they were, they were a bit more into nature because everyone walk, walked more I think they they kind of get going through two walks a day and all this kind of stuff and just seeing um <clears throat> but my dad yeah my dad had binoculars and stuff like that so it's not that he was an actual birder and I'm not either you know and but it's just a just a bit of a fascination with the uh the natural world isn't it just seeing I think just taking an interest is um that can definitely fed down to me. I mean, he'd quite often get them wrong as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, I've always just, I've always liked to know yeah. what's what, you know. And if, if you do, if I, if I see, if I see something when I'm out and about and I haven't been able to spot it, then it's going to do my edit <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Have you still got your books that you can look them up in though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, constantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm pretty good with my British birds now, but yeah. it's you know it's when you're out in the winter and they've got their um, the winter plumage on, you know, <laughs> and they are just an LBJ little brown job as they're known in the trade. <laughs> you know, you just but you can tell it's something good that's passing through, and you're like, oh, what are you? You know, but some kind of finch. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so how do you work anyway? I'm always fascinated by how people, particularly sort of artists, draw people who do you know, painting, drawing, do you have a specific way that you set up to work? Like, have you got a, a specific room that you work in? You've got specific type of music that you need to listen to or you need silence or how do you, how do you do it? Do you, do you have a set way of doing stuff or do you just, whatever? Yeah, um, well, I've got a studio in the bottom of the garden now, which I, um, I'd, I'd be at different studios in town and when I was in Brighton there, you know, and um, shared and then just having my own rooms kind of things, get filling it with more and more junk. And then kind of got rid of all that junk and got into the bottom of the garden. And um, so it's really lovely. But I have to say, I kind of, I've really struggled with the whole working from home thing. And I'm sure a lot of people now, since the lockdown, a lot of people are doing that. And then post having to work from home, I've, um, yeah, even, so I've took her, my old studio back on in town but that's now loads of different people in there so that's really great so it's a real sociable thing and I go in there a couple of days a week and um so I work from there and uh yeah and from the bottom of the garden but I like to um I guess in the morning I like to go and have a run in the morning or at least take the dog out into the up in the hills we're pretty spoiled for um hills in Shrewsbury, South Shropshire is lovely mm. and hilly and got into um, trail running over the last uh, couple of years. So I like getting a quick run through the hills, blasting out some music and then, um, <laughs> yeah, and then come back and get on with it. But yeah, I just, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I can kind of work anywhere really. I just, I love having music on, um, either the radio or podcasts and yeah, just, just get on with it. In about when I'm, I guess when I'm drawing it, usually about painting, it'll be start with a sketch. I'll try and work out what I'm doing first, sketch it out, thumbnail sketches, <clears throat> and then draw up and yeah, and just, I guess, been doing it so long now, I can always see in my head what what it's gonna be, mm. how it's gonna look. So I don't tend to sketch out too much. Um, yeah. Easy nail it straight away, really. Um, <laughs> luckily, um, but yeah, no, it's all about having 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 music on or some 
I, can, I don't, I don't, I can't work in silence. No. It's just, yeah. You know, um, when I've been writing for the books, that has to be dead silent. And, um, and really it kind of turned out that I could only write between seven o'clock in the morning and nine o'clock, hmm. you know, and then after that, it's just too, I feel, it feels like the world's too busy and I can't do it. Cause I really, I really struggle writing. It's really, I find it really difficult. Mm. Um, and it's like, I know what I want to say, but I just can't get it out. And that's. Why do you think that is? Uh, I just, it's, um, I'm just, I'm not, I always, well, um, I always struggled at school, you know, I was a dyslexic kid and um, was in all of the bottom grades and all that kind of stuff. So it didn't really, um, it was never like me writing a book. Is like ridiculous. So even like saying to people at the time, like you're like who's writing it? It's like I'm writing it. Well, you're writing it. Like yeah, and, you know it's like and yeah, it just it it's, it was like I said, it was it was a joke. But then it's not about. But then you've got editors who work at these publishing houses who can make your sentence turn it around the other way around and, and pull out what you really mean and mm. put it there correctly and it's like yeah that's it exactly but i mean i got better obviously i got better and better as it as it went on but um yeah it's but i'm an artist so i have that that's what i am prime primarily is that it's it's that idea that you have to get out and I, and then and i feel like in the morning i can just sit down and doodly doodly and it's can uh, yeah that's what i mean but then as the yeah like i say as it as the world starts to wake up, then it's just harder. Mm. You know, I just can't can't do it. Is that um, why you and, found uh, you you said that you found it hard to work the whole working from home? Why was was that part of the same yeah. sort of thing? It was just too busy, or no, no, it's all no. I mean, it's really quiet because the kids at school, right? Vice at work, and it's just see not seeing people. I guess just not having any. It's quite a solitary world anyway. Being um. An illustrator, you're, and everything's emails and Instagram or whatever. So you're not actually speaking to anyone or having any kind of human contact. Mm. And you know, I don't really, and don't have many Zoom calls or anything like that. And um, so yeah, it just gets quite, yeah, just quite solitary. And sometimes that's fine. You can just get on if you're really busy. That's fine. You can just like write. I'm. I'm hermit, you know, being a hermit for a while and just lock myself away, getting on with it. But I think because I, I, I took the um, decision to not work on any books. Um, I finished my last one probably this time last year or a bit sooner than that. And it was like, I'm going to kind of call it quits for a little while with the um, nonfiction just to, to have a break because it you know, had been we. Yeah, 12 years of it, really good run, mm-hmm. 15 books or something, you know, nonstop. Um, and just wanted to try some other stuff. And I think I've got quite used to having to be working on a project and following deadlines. And I think when you're not doing that, you can get a bit wishy-washy. And yeah. there's always got murals to do, but when you're working on your own thing, um, yeah, you can get a bit like, oh, I'm just kicking about the house now, yeah. rather than, it's like being back on the door, you know, so <laughs> I didn't, I don't know, it wasn't really, yeah, so, yeah, and I think getting the other studio helped me just to be like, right, 
breaks it up a bit and gives me a bit more of a structure mm. again. And um, and I'm kind of yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, so I'm kind of working towards th- looking at publishing again, but um, doing some fiction, some proper kids books, this okay. time stories, and yeah. And so I've kind of gone back to the um, drawing board a bit, literally, and got back into drawing again. And because um, that's for me, that's where it all all starts. And I feel like a lot of my my work's got kind of simpler and simpler. And I want to, and I love drawing, and I can. I'm I'm a pretty good drawer, and I'm getting back into, uh, yeah, into that, and just been, I just been drawing loads, mm. and now it's trying to work out where that's going to go in what sense, either paintings or digital or something, you know, and um, yeah, so. So that's been quite good. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's been quite exciting. So you're still kind of, you know, you said you're taking a bit of a break from the publishing side, but you want to try and do some other stuff, but you, it sounds like you're still kind of working out what that's going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, I, I don't know. And <laughs> um, I'd, I've done it a few times where you kind of, like, like that was with when I first started doing The Birds. Mm. That was a total start again because we'd been travelling and that was when the... Um, the credit crunch was. So I came back to all of the magazines I'd been working for. They had all folded because mm. it was the end of all of that. And um, I didn't have any clients or anything, you know, to get any work. And it was like, okay, well, this, give this bird thing a go. Mm. And, um, and I, bless her, my wife, Jess, she really, she, you know, we had a daughter, Romy, at the time. And we were in dire straits, you know, and she stood by me and she made some decisions that to help us out, she really kind of suffered and, Mm. um, and, but she trusted me and trusted that it would, it would come together, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, it was, that was starting again. And even though I don't, I'm definitely not in that situation now like that, but it is a case of, yeah, you you can't rest on your laurels no. as well because I feel like the the bird the books they've definitely been selling less over the time, and I've been doing them as a job, you know, because it's you know just right. You just you sign for that book and then you get a certain amount of money and then it and then da da da. Right, I'll sign for this one. You get some money there, and it's not about what happens afterwards. So I want you know I always want my books to be reaching people and. To build a whole thing around it, a world around it, and um, and that's what we did. But then it kind of, kind of petered off a bit, and then it just became about just getting the books out, and that's what your money comes from. And yeah, I don't know. I I would not. I didn't get into it for that. You know, I'm not. I'm about the bigger picture, I guess. And yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do now is trying to work out where the where the next things coming from. But But, it could be uh, could be kids' books by the sound of it. If you... Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I love that the big one, like one of my biggest buzzers from doing this whole thing is meeting kids who love my stuff. Yeah. And it's, I think, feeding that inspiration down and them, them growing up with that and inspiring them not only to be getting into art, but to actually be getting into nature is just not. I was getting across my love for nature, mm. why I love these birds, what the little characters I could see in these birds. And then through that, you know, it brings into really big questions about and about 
ecologically and like how what we need to do to protect these birds and it, you know it turned into that and and that I'm, it, my work's kind of inspired kids in that way and um and i love that and and i want to bring i think yeah and that's the other thing as well and it, the ma- i want to recreate magic i want to bring back magic into my work which used to be there and and that's why i want to spark in kids yeah and and also anyone who looks at my artwork, obviously, but there's that thing I want to bring to to inspire in people. Yeah. So just got to work out how to do it. <laughs> you know? Well, it's definitely inspired my kids. My son particularly loves the dinosaur book in particular. He absolutely loves that book. It's a brilliant one. Brilliant. Um, but, you know, you mentioned a couple of times music as well, because I know music is a big part of your life as well, isn't it? So you do you do some DJing and you've had some a couple of – compilation sort of records out haven't you yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. tell us about that how did you, how is is that always just been an ever present or is that something more recent or um well music has always always been there obviously you know it, even from when i was i wouldn't say i was one of these expert record record diggers who'd be going around and could finding all the weird rare things but i do do i have done a bit of that but it, i was always on the radio dial you know, going through trying to find different things, and I used to be into heavy metal and um, hmm. and uh, right, tip right, you know, tip raw power off the telly and <laughs> find out all of that kind of was really into that. And then I mean, I got grounded. I was like when I was in my uh, rebellion years with the local heavy metal lads. I got grounded for I don't know setting fight with school or something. Did you have the long and, hair and um, everything? Well, it was kind of crap long hair, you know. <laughs> Shoulder just line. probably covering my just ears. over your ears, you know, right, just yeah. covering my ears. Yeah, I thought it was really hard. <laughs> you know, it's an absolute joke. Um, some of the other lads did; they were proper metalers, you know, not me. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, I got grounded, and I was going through the radio, and I thought I was listening to the um, Radio One rock show, but it was actually uh, John Peel, mm. and um, and he was just playing all kinds of stuff, and it was yeah, and I taped some stuff, and that was techno basically. I worked out what it was afterwards. And yeah, and that kind of got me going into record shops in Durham and buying different things. And yeah, and got, yeah, I think I didn't really buy so much music because I never had the money, basically. Mm. I wanted to be, I was more into going out. And, um, but yeah, when I got to, I always thought I was a bit of a, a music head. But when I, once I got to Ipswich and <clears throat> met some friends there, my it's Jimmy and Ben, they were just, had incredible record collections they brought with them and it was and they carried on buying records and I felt like it was my record collection and then when we all left I realized I only had about six (laughs) (laughs) so I was I was going but yeah no but I got into DJing then and you know we used to put on parties and carried on doing that throughout the years really Mm. um but then it was when I was in it uh Shrewsbury my friend John runs a a record label here called Caroline True Mm. Records and he's done quite a few um, compilations with John Savage there's like post-punk ones and um, Manchester like kind of baggy kind of it's a British psychedelia it was called but um, and yeah John and I was like talking to him about doing artwork for him and then he came around and he he suggested doing a compilation I didn't even realize it was meant it was me yeah. to compile it, you know, because DJed a few times and I always be pulling out choice nuggets. So have you heard this? Have you, you know, kind of 
getting all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff. And yeah, and so I did the first, yes to do that and did the first one, uh, Crush and Glow, it's called. And um, it's one of those things I really, I really went to town on it. And mm. it was like for me, I used to, I've always loved doing mixtapes for people. Yeah. And I would take forever over them. And it was all about the next song, how that next song would feel, how it would work. And it's a similar thing with what I'm talking about with the artwork. I want that feel. And yeah, even when one song finishes and then the next one starts, something about that transition can really spark something. Mm. And it was all about that for me. So yeah, in the, um, the first one, just, yeah, it went down really well. It's another thing like with the, with the books, I didn't know how it was going to go, but people loved it and really got it. And um, we did a few more things, did some 12 inches, um, did an Indian mantra mm-hmm. that um, is 50 minutes long. The Gayatri mantra <laughs> that um, my wife, like Jess, had brought back on a CD from um, India. And she kind of really didn't want to play it to me because she thought it was a bit cheesy in a sense. Like, oh, I've been to India. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And she put it on. I was like, this is incredible. It's like so uplifting. Yeah. And that was one of those things of like, Let's put it out on vinyl. Nobody's done that. And, and that's one of those things that just bang, just went sold really sold out really quick. Loads of people got behind it. There's a there's a bar in uh, London called Spiritland. It's like a listening bar, very cool, yeah. amazing sound system, how it looks, incredible. Yeah. And it got banned. <laughs> it got banned from there because everyone was coming in and playing it because it's the perfect <laughs> record to play there. Right. But it goes on for 50 minutes. That's the only problem. <laughs> so, yeah, they couldn't play that anymore. But, um, yeah, and then we did yeah, did some other stuff and, yeah, did a compilation, the second volume two recently. Yeah. Um, that had been on the cards for about seven years, or unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, it came out eventually. But yeah, it's, but it's, I just love that. A lot of it as well, a lot of that music is stuff I work to. So. Yeah, because it's not heavy metal, is it? This is much more sort of <laughs> no. ambient sort of stuff. Well, not ambient, but. Yeah, it's very, no, it's dreamy. Yeah, it's yeah, dreamy. that's a good word, yeah. Dreamy music, but it's covers, it's, you know, there's been, it's like from folk music, um, just piano, um, kraut rock, um, techno, um <laughs> classical uh, all kinds of stuff on there but it has that it has that distinct feel yeah i hope and um and it's got new music on there as well you know so it's all it's um has that feel and people people like it yeah, yeah so so is there, is, there, is there a volume three on the way hopefully yeah but i mean I would like to but i'm actually concentrating on my music now oh, yeah. for the time being because yeah because I've been, it's not something I've talked about that much, but I've always, I've had a guitar for years and then Jess got me a really nice Fender acoustic for my 40th. Mm. So that's always been in my studio. So I've been, just basically, it's I found it like, it's just self-medication really. Just sit yeah. there with some weird, you know, tune, open string tuning and just, just play basically, <laughs> you know, and I've I managed to record, um, a few things now and um my friend chris up in newcastle he's been and um, working he got in touch after reading an, an interview that i'd done he was like if you want some help because i love what you you've been doing mm. with the crushing glow let's um you know let's see what we can do and it's, what he's been sending back has been 
incredible. Mm. I absolutely love it. I was brought to tears by one mm. I was listening to the other day because he just he, he got it completely and it's got this beautiful feel to it. What, so like he's, he, he's done like a backing track to what you've recorded sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, so I've just recorded my guitar just like straight melody mm-hmm. going through for like three or four minutes how it would be. And yeah, he's just, he's embellishing it really right, yeah. and adding bits to it, brought his own thing into it. It's collaboration, you know, yeah. but even though I've not even met the guy. But, um, <laughs> that's amazing. That's the wonder, the wonder of the modern world, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm more excited about that at the minute than anything, yeah. to be honest with you. Because, yeah, like, how about doing, be nice to do a record and yeah. build up a whole new visual world around that. So, so is that yeah, singing as well sing. or just, just playing guitar? Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, no singing. <laughs> uh, can't do that. No, it's just, but I, feel, but I think for me, music is one of those things that can be, put forward emotions more than anything else, mm. I think, more than words or, 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 or pictures, basically. You know, there's something instantly recognisable. Instantly, you can feel it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to know what the words are. You know, I listen to lots of music in foreign language, I guess, you know, and I love it. I don't know, I don't know what they're saying, but you know, you can feel, you can feel it. Yeah. And that, to me, is, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It tr- transcends boundaries, isn't it? And I feel like, with music, even though I'm still, I'm not saying I'm any great musician at all. I can barely play the guitar <laughs> in a sense. I can't play. I can't play anybody else's music. No, you know. And I just because I've just taught myself my own finger picking style, and that's what I do. Yeah. And plug it into a lot of different effects pedals, and just yeah. you know, have a you know daydream. <laughs> yeah. Is it a dreamy, dreamy um, stuff again? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's it fits in yeah. exactly with everything else we've released and um you know from the christian glow it's it's that's what i love and that's kind of what what i've been making i guess yeah. so yeah so we'll see i mean i'm talking about it now so that's quite a good thing yeah. isn't it? so it's putting it out in putting it out into the world a bit so. yeah well good luck with yeah, it i look forward it. to hearing it <laughs> when it comes out oh no it's brilliant yeah. it's, it's great to hear you know that you've got all these different strands going on and you know also nice that obviously you're able to sort of take a step back and think and say, okay, yeah, I've done this and I've done that, but this is what I'm really looking forward to doing now over the next, you know, however long. Yeah. No, I think I, personally for me, I know I have to do that. There's the creative buzz that when that goes, it's, it's, that's, that's what we need for this, these jobs, isn't it? For, for, for the creating you have to keep that go that wheel going yeah. and quite often that means you just have to kill your babies no not kill your babies that's the wrong phrase <laughs> kill your kill your darling yeah that's, that's the word <laughs> kill your babies it was close <laughs> yeah yeah and and yeah move on a bit you know do something else and it and and i think sometimes i feel like there's quite a lot of pressure because of the um the bird books doing so well and being on the high street, you know, but it's like, well, maybe, maybe that was my peak mm. just because that was, that reached such a level. doesn't mean everything else I do has to, that's, you know, and I had to take that pressure from myself mm. because I basically didn't do anything for six months. Cause I was thinking, right, well, that's not going to be as good as the birds. Mm. So I can't, what's the point? And then it's like, how, are you, how, are you, you know, maybe, maybe that's that. Maybe doesn't mean I'm going to be 
wallowing around in the gutter for the rest of my life. It's like, you know, it's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Yeah. It's just, you know, but it feels, and also it feels quite selfish just having to please myself. But, you know, if I'm not getting a buzz from it, then other people won't. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a funny way of looking at it, but that's how it is. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you for talking to me. It's been great. I'm a big fan of your work, as you know, and, uh, I'm excited to hear what and see what comes next. So, yeah, thanks for talking to me. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to get in touch about anything you've heard on the podcast or you want to just talk to me about anything or let me know any suggestions about people or anyone you anything you think I should know, please do. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'm on creativeforcespod at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on Twitter. You can get in touch that way, Creative Forces P on Twitter. Or you can just message me directly on Twitter, Guy Kilty. That's G-U-Y-K-I-L-T-Y uh, on Twitter. So you can find me there. Please give us a follow. Uh, also give us a rating or a you know um, review in your podcast app. That would be really appreciated. It really helps for other people to be able to find it then. Um, anything you can do to support the podcast, if you enjoy it would be very much appreciated. And as I say, I'd love to hear from you. So please do get in touch. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.